Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made And I wish that I could talk to me And tell me I can change Don't be afraid Like a lesson learned Walking out from the cave Now in the light Respectful of all these words I Welcome to Blog Talk Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. And I forgot to press that stop button when I should have, so we just let it roll for another verse and chorus there. We will change the music soon. I don't know when, but it does need to be changed. Uh, Hi out there. Uh, I've decided to do this mock AA meeting for ex-steppers to vent as if they were in an AA meeting. Uh, this will be a live show where excerpts can call in and speak for three minutes, each person pretending that we're at an AA, NA, or OA meeting, saying whatever you'd like to say. Uh, I think that in deprogramming, some move on, but some have some things to say. So we'd like to, I'll give you the number to call in. It's 818-475-9211. You know, just, I just thought of something that I'm going to do really quick. Uh, let's see. So I'm going to say, again, it's 8-818-475-9211. Okay, that's the live call-in number, and I'm actually putting it in a place on Facebook. So I have a bunch of uh, Facebook groups. One, The biggest one is the deprogramming from AA or any 12-step group. If you've left leaving and you want help deprogramming or want support, 
There's Leaving AA. That's a group that I started kind of much later. I don't know why I didn't think about it, but when I started, I made a Leaving AA community. I didn't really know how Facebook was working. And um, then there's Expose AA, and then there's Stop Court Ordering to AA. Uh, Let me see how many groups I have. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. But this doesn't really... It's all good. Let's see. Here we go. Leaving AA is a group. Okay, There's a Leaving AA community, but I don't think that's as good as the group because the group is a group, meaning that you can post and start a discussion, and people will you know, go down with that. There's 114 members in that group. The 13-step film, there's a page. Say no to AA for a DUI or any... Uh, say no to AA or DUI or professional extortion. Expose AA, Alcoholics Anonymous Activism, is another group. Then I made, let me see, I made another one. Families for a Sensible Drug Policy is a really good one. It's much more broader than mine. And then Monica Richardson, I have that one for uh, my music. And I sing and I have three CDs. And then I made, most recent is Make AA, Alcoholics Anonymous Safer Activism. Just 45 members in there, and um, yeah, so I think that's good. I think that's good enough. Uh, all right, if anybody wants to call in, if you don't, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start it. Well, I want to let's back up. I want to tell you what really what prompted this was that I got asked by uh, a guy, really really sweet guy, uh, Patrick is his name, and he is the secretary of the late night meeting in Silver Lake, and he saw my movie and um, felt like there'd be nowhere else I would be asked to speak, which is true. So he asked me to speak, and um, I was like, yeah, you know, I really, I have things I want to say, and he told me it was like really rowdy, and there would people be, you know, it's what to expect. So I went with uh, my husband, Kevin, and I did bring a bodyguard, and there were like three crazy guys there. There was definitely one guy who uh, was kind of scary, another guy who's schizophrenic, and then another person who was a little bit weird. Um, but the rest of the group was, I thought, you know, fine. And um, the, you know, some of them are brainwashed, and just like I was brainwashed once. And you know, some people in the group were never brainwashed. Like there's a couple of pilots I know who were never brainwashed, and nurses, and people who just always saw it for what it was. But anyway, so uh, I went there. It was like 11:30 at night, and um, we went over. And uh, they, but they, you're allowed to like yell out even during the readings. And so it was. I got to tell you something. If you live in LA and you uh, want to go over there and speak, I would say go do it. Uh, somebody from the group, um, who's like new in the group, actually met me over there. And um, you know, there's a break, so you get to speak. And eventually, we did film it, and I will post it eventually. But I have to shorten it. I could not upload it um, the way it was. And uh, I will, and I'll announce it when I do. Uh, we'll back up too. I want to announce the film. As most people know, the 13th step the film um, is an award-winning film, and it is on Amazon streaming, on Prime, and you can pay for it and rent it. And on Vimeo, the longer version, 107, an hour and seven minutes, I think is the better version of the film, uh, is on Vimeo, and you rent it and buy it. And um, hopefully, I'm going to lower the price on Vimeo, like a hot, you know, maybe a Labor Day sale or something like that. Anyway, so I did this thing where I, I spoke, and then there's a break, and then people at this meeting that I went to, this late night, call it a rogue meeting, 
Um, people are like, what's a rogue meeting? A rogue meeting would be like we're it's not the norm. You know, people were actually cross talking. People were actually having a conversation. If somebody disagreed, they sort of yelled out. They yelled out during the reading of chapter five. I think I yelled out probably the most because I feel the most um, adamant about things that are read. So normally when you go to an AA meeting, as we know, people read the preamble, okay? So what I, I'm going to do, there's nobody in the queue um, except, hi there, Kevin, and he said he didn't want to call in. So hi there, sweetie. Uh, I know you're listening. Anyway, um, let's see, where is it? where is this? So I'm going to read it like I think it should say. So this is Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship. I'd say it's a group of men and women who uh, share their experience, strength, and hope um, they also share uh, their dogmatic and their uh, bullies, some of them, and there's predators in there, and uh, whatever. They're going to share their whatever, their common problem, to help others to recover from alcoholism their way or the highway. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking, and that's not true. Um, there's a lot of people force their pilots, nurses, and doctors, and I've heard that many professionals with a licensure all are forced there. There are no dues or fees. I think there's a really high high dues, and it's you pay with your life. You pay with time. You pay with losing family and friends. Uh, so you give up a lot of time for that AA membership that there's really no card. There's no, you know, uh, what is it when you, you join something and you have to go through some sort of a, I don't know what it's called, um, we are self-supporting through our own contributions. No, you're not. Um, self-supporting, they're supported by selling their books and their literature to actually non-AA members, which I learned when I was a GSR. If they didn't sell their literature, they would not make the money. Well, they have, I mean, they have conferences, so they make a lot of money on those. But uh, they would not make the kind of money they did. They sell their literature to the prison system, parole, but mostly like, you know, Biddy Ford and Hazleton and all the 95, whatever. There's like so many thousands and thousands of rehabs that buy their literature. And even books, you know, books get bought by the members. Uh, we, we used to do that. And then we gave it away to a newcomer because the newcomer was not going to buy this piece of crap from 1935. Uh, let me see. A is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. Yes, it Yes, it is. It's allied with politics and in the sense of an organization with the courts, with parole. It's um, the organization and institutions. It, or it's uh, embedded with the FAA, with the Board of Nursing, with the uh, doctors, the um, American Society of Addicted Medicine. Um, it's in mental institutions. It's, uh, yeah, they don't wish to engage in any controversy. Well, that's interesting because there was a young woman who's a writer here and she was speaking out negatively about AA, and they contacted her and asked her to please stop doing it. And it's like, wow, what the fuck, man? Okay, neither endorses nor opposes any causes um, when, when it suits them. All right. Uh, the next thing that I'm just going to go back to see what's happening in here. So, again, it's 818-475-9211. And if you want to call in, you have to call that number. You wait in the queue, and I will let you in. Uh, so here's, when this was read the other night, I was just like, oh my God, rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed our path. Uh, that's not true. We've seen many people follow the path and AA failed them. 
So when I, every time I read it, there's so many ways to criticize that first line. Rarely have we seen a person fail who has thoroughly followed the path. I mean, there were 100 people when he wrote this shitty book in 39. You know, there were 100 people. What? So people are thinking that, you know, this has gone on for like ever. Those who do not recover are people who cannot. This is a really bad line. I hate this line. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Hmm. So you have to like what, throw yourself down. That's like prostrate. I'm like laying down on the floor now on my chest. I'm completely giving myself like some kind of cult. All right. Those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not. Mm, I don't think so either. Now listen to this part. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. Now this part, I really, I got really pissed off on Friday night about this one because now you're telling people that, you know, they're constitutionally, like the basic makeup of their being, of their core being, is incapable of being honest. It's like fucking horseshit. And I'm going to say that word a lot tonight because it's my new favorite word when I talk about AA. All right, so incapable... No, like that's just not true. They are such unfortunates. Oh, but now that you're not at fault, okay, you're born that way. They seem to have been born. Like what? what is it, dude? Like which one is it? You've been born that way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. They are naturally incapable. Hmm. So that's their natural, that's their nature? Mm, I don't think so either. Their chances are less than average. So now you really can get depressed. You're already depressed when you walk in, but now we want you to feel even shittier. Okay? And they're naturally incapable of grasping. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, though, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders. But many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. So if you're mentally deranged, you don't need real help. All you have to do is be honest. Okay? And there's nothing wrong with honesty. Honesty is really important. Fantastic. And people who aren't honest and people who lie, it is that's a real problem, right? But um moving on. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened and what we we're like now. You know what, if you sit in a meeting, you don't hear stories disclosed in a general way. You hear things spouted out and um you know, very, very explicit detail about, you know, people who, you know, do horrible people you know, murdered somebody or purple I mean, it's like ridiculous things that are shared in a meeting. They think they're they're in the like the cubicle with the priest, right? So that's interesting. Um, if you have decided you want what we have, and I have that underlined by the way, this is my old book. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. Okay. So um, the thing about that is that people make this big deal that if you make a decision. Now, the truth is, this is what I think the truth is, is that when people who know have already quit or they know they're ready to stop or they know they're ready to change when they walk, before they walk through the door, they already have quit. They already have the mindset to quit. They're already ready. But they make it seem like this is a part of like AA. So if you decided you want what we have and then are willing to go to any life, so I'm willing to like stand on my head, I'm willing to pick up ashtrays even though I don't smoke, and um, drink your stupid coffee with, like, powdered cream in it, you know, and listen to your bullshit or willing to sit next to really crazy people and be abused by old-timers who think they're better than you because they have 30 years or because they're famous and they think they can talk to people like this and talk down to them, whatever. 
um, at some of these we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way. So now they're kind of, you know, in a very subtle way, but not so subtle way. They're also, like, they're starting to undermine you now. We thought we could find it saying that if so, if you try another way, that it's easier and softer, but you can't do it that way. You see, you have to go the hard way. He's got to walk hard. <laughs> Sorry, the Dewey Cox movie. You got to go the hard way, um, which is the Alcoholics Anonymous way, right? With all of the earnestness at our command, we beg of you. Oh, now you have to be fearless and you have to be thorough. From the very start, like you can't be fearless and thorough like halfway through or a year down the road or next week or next month. They want it from the very start. Like really? Like, But if you're sitting in a meeting and you, they read it really fast and they read it in this drony kind of culty way, this stuff is getting in your head. So when you leave, you've got to deprogram. That's all I say. Everybody needs to deprogram. Well, I mean, unless you're not brainwashed, then you don't need to. But most people are somewhat, even people not in AA are brainwashed because it's so much in our culture. Again, if you're listening, 818-475-9211. And Kevin, if you decide you want to say something and call in, just text me, and then I'll pick up. Otherwise, I'm not going to, I'll leave you alone there to listen peacefully. All right. So um, let's see, some of us. Oh, yeah, here we go. So you got to be fearless and thorough from the very start. I never noticed that one until now, right, from the very start. Some of us have tried on to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was no. We have to go absolutely. We have to let go absolutely. Can't let go just a little bit. You have to do it absolutely. So they love big words, you know, a little bit like Trump. They like, you know, really extreme words. You can tell that Bill, I don't think cognitive behavioral therapy was around yet when he wrote this book, but anyway. Now, remember that we deal with alcohol, cunning, baffling, and powerful in man. You know, I was listening to Stephen Slate. Um, if you don't know who he is, go to cleanslate.com. Stephen Slate works at the Baldwin um, Institute, and he just uh, helped co-write a book that's going to be out soon. But he talked about this, and even when I heard this the other night, it's like, what, like alcohol is like a person that's going to come after you and like beat you up? Or, you know, alcohol, it's like cunning. It's like... All right, so they're giving now they're giving alcohol a lot of power again, a lot of power. Without help, it is too much for us. Oh, okay, but without help, so who's going to help me? But there is one who has all power. That one is God. Now you'll find him now. Super, super religious. I mean, I'm a person of faith, but I don't think that this stuff belongs in. I mean, especially because the courts, when you get a DUI, um, you know, everybody gets sent to an AA meeting. Half measures availed us nothing. Um, so if you do it halfway, that's nothing. Well, then you're eliminating harm reduction because in harm reduction, if you have like 10 things, like they say you're driving drunk, you're drinking in the morning, you're going to work and drinking at noon, um, you know, what if you uh, stopped drinking in the morning and waited till the end of the day? What if you stopped drinking and driving? This was all the things that Ken Anderson from Ham's Harm Reduction educated me about and so that would be now now they're saying that any measure to um to reduce the harm that's not good half measures you know value nothing it's no good we stood at the turning point now we're like we're standing at the edge of like 
you know, a, a bluff in Scotland. You know, they have you like so dramatic. I think Meryl Streep did a movie where like she's standing out there in the bluff from the wind in your hair and you're like, ah, we stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon, right? So now we have the abandon again, these big giant words. It's tremendous, you know, tremendous, like Mr. President Trump. Anyway, here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery, not I'm in recovery for the rest of my life. So um, if anyone wants to call in, it's 818-475-9211. I guess I'll be talking to you and Kevin, me and I'll be talking to you, Kevin. And eventually people will listen to this episode. So I thought we were going to have people call in. It would have been fun. Anyway, um, so I'm not going to read the steps because I, you know, it's funny. There was somebody who joined the group who uh, said that they were taken from religions, you know, they were taken from the Bible, I don't know if it was the Bible or not, but taken from other religions, which may be true, and that he expanded on them, they were six steps or something, and then wanted to make them 12, like, the, you know, the powerful number, the 12 apostles and all this stuff, so I'm not going to read them, um, but in the uh, the late night meeting, what they did is they, they, they did write a new version, and then they read it, and I thought it was kind of funny, it's like, you know, we, I don't even remember it, so it's okay, um, so we go through, uh, I'm going to just skip all over that and then go to the end of the 12 steps because I think they're pretty stupid. But many of us exclaimed, what an order, I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. Well, what principles were they talking about? Now, people who become real nerds, they like get really into this. And people who also will talk about when someone is really predatory, they will use this line so that they can, um, you know, basically they'll use this line so they can say, well, no one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We're not sane. So how many who have been preyed upon have heard that one? So that one gets used by the predators, right, to, to, to excuse themselves. The point is that they're willing to grow along spiritual lines, the principles being set down are guides to progress. Oh, and then here again, we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Um, the three things, these are like, at, especially the way that, oh, there's somebody on there. Hold on, I'm going to take your call in a minute. That These things are very, very brainwashing, okay, that we were alcoholic and could not manage our own lives. So now you can't manage your life and you're alcoholic and now you're here with these fucking people. Okay? Be that probably no human power could have believed our alcoholism. And that's not true. So people stop. They walk through the door like I did. You just said, I had enough and you stop. They no human power. Okay, well, you can, that's, yes, you, we do have. So who has the power? Oh, oh, here it is. That God couldn't win if he were sought. So it becomes very religious and that you got, and look, I got, I have nothing, I, have no, I don't have a problem with like real religions. Um, anything that's extreme, forget it. Um, not into that. So um, I'm going to stop here because we do have some people on the line, and about halfway through, we'll do the 12 traditions because I want to talk about what lies they are. So here's the plan. As I call, as I as I pick up the phone, and I'm going to call the caller who came into the queue first, and we're going to get your name and. Um, if you don't want to give us your real name, you could make up an alias, but I don't. I think we're past that point. I hope we're past that point. And then what we're going to do is we're actually going to pretend, I'm going to put you on, what it is that you, if you were going to go back and say something, what it is you would want to say, 
Okay, so I'm going to get the first caller in. Hi there, caller. Can I have your name, please? Uh, hey, this is Steve. Hey, am, Steve. Am Welcome to the show. Hey. Hey. Good. I'm on. Cool. All right. I don't have anything prepared. I knew you were going to be doing this, but I, I don't. Um, I didn't think of exa- exactly what I was going to say, but I, I remember, you know, saying in the group we could do the lightning round here and everything. So it's, uh, it's that Steve who's calling you right now. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, 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 that's who, yeah. yeah, so go ahead, I'm going to actually put it to, yeah. so you like the idea, they pretend yeah. like you're at a meeting, like what I got to do on Friday, yeah, totally. and you go back, yeah, totally. and so go, go ahead, and go ahead, have your rant. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I, I wish I had a good rant prepared, but I, I just kind of uh, snuck up on me tonight, but yeah, totally, one thing that I would I would really love to say, and I think I've mentioned this before, is like, yeah, I've heard so many times in meetings where people say no one's ever come back in here and said it's so much better out there. And mm-hmm. I actually could come back and say that. Um, I, <laughs> you know, I don't, I just, you know, I, I really, I think it's amazing what you were able to do the other night and had, they, even, they even let you back in and everything. But, you know, I've, <laughs> I've been deprogramming now for the past almost two years. Um, you know, I've, I've been, I was slowly fading away from AA for about five. And, wow. and, and I actually found it to really be, and this is the type of this is what I would say at a meeting. If I, I found it to be really intolerant of people like me who don't believe in God, and mm-hmm. I was sick of being mocked, and I was sick of being, um, you know, marginalized and 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 picked on in a way for 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 being an atheist. And and really, I um, I've tried to get a bunch of atheist meetings going, and there was just not a lot of traction. And mm-hmm. uh, and 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 I found it really impossible to survive in AA and not believe in God. And wow. that's the biggest reason I left. And, it, it, and, and I mean, I had people say stuff to me like, you know, you know, how, how, do, how can you be moral if you don't believe in God? Um, I've had people say things to me like, um, you know, if you, if you've been able to stay sober without God, then you must not be a real alcoholic and just all that kind of crap, you know, and well, I, I just got really well. sick of it, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's, there's really no room for that. And I would just kind of come back and say, yeah, it is really better out there, and I'm actually still a pretty moral, decent, honest person without without all of you people. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. So, mm. Yeah, is, you're in the place. Well, you have a little more time. I don't want to take your, you. Have one more minute to rant. So, <laughs> <laughs> what else would you say? No, I mean, I know the other thing too. Yeah, um, is like I uh, I came in at 20 years old, and I was wow. Um, this identity was th- was thrown upon me. And I was in for, you know, almost 28 years, really, you know, and, um, you know, I just wow. turned 50 and, and, wow. uh, yeah. So, I mean, similar to your story too, but it was most of my yeah. adult life and I, and I had a, I had a lot of opportunities, you know, that was the, that was the key time in my life where I really should have been, you know, making a living, making money, <sighs> making, you know, and, and yeah. I wound up, you know, 25 years into it as a, you know, as a total loser. And, uh, and I and I really had to overcome that, and and it wasn't until I was able to, as I as I began to break away from that mindset, I realized I was breaking away from AA. You know, and AA is really a, a it's a it's a self defeating proposition. And uh, wow, that's where I stand. That's, yeah. that's a, are you in the deprogramming group? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know who I am. Oh, okay. Will you do me a favor? Because I don't want to like say your last name here on the um, on the show. Will you just PM me and say yeah. who you are? Because I'm like really moved. I was yeah, like, totally. wow, that's intense. That's really intense. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, because I feel you. Like there's a bunch of us. There was a group of us who have like tw- the ones who spent like 25 or more years 
Like one woman yeah. would joke, she said, we both would have like two degrees in either filmmaking. We would have written a few books by now. <laughs> it was like, really yeah, really. Bad. I was I like, know. oh, like it really hit me. I want to ask you, so what um, part of the country, because I hear all this crap about, and I don't know if it's crap, but about how this, you know, atheist uh, groups have grown and, you know, they're really all mm-hmm. inclusive. So where you were, you didn't find that to be true then? I'm, I'm in Silicon Valley, which is like a really progressive area. You would think to be a good, a lot of traction for it, and there's not. So wow. um, I was really kind of surprised. I thought I'd be able to find a few people, but I really couldn't at all. So. Um, mm. and, and there and, is a smart recovery up there? Like what is up in Silicon Valley? Are the alternatives up there? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Because you left. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. Well, now. you know what? There's, not, there's only one person waiting in the queue. You have. You want to have one more one more minute of uh, one more thing? If you have another question, I'd be happy to talk. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't, like I said, I don't, have, I don't have anything prepared for this. Um, so, five, uh, so then I will ask you a question. So uh, five years, yeah. like you were uh, – it took you like a five year of unraveling. Like what, what did that kind of look like? Uh, yeah, what started you to go – Mm-hmm. I, I, so yeah, I moved here, um, uh, like I moved here about five years ago and when I got reconnected with, then I got connected to the AA group here when I moved to Silicon Valley and it was just, um, you know, just very clickish and very high school and very, that kind of stuff. And I realized that I was kind of bored of meetings and, and just not really getting anything out of it. And at the same time, just, you know, I, I'm definitely a person who the geographical cure totally worked for. You know, so mm-hmm. I was having a really tough time where I was living before I moved here, kind of reset my life. And part of resetting my life was just really questioning everything that I had known. So as I, you know, worked through questioning and changing and, and, and all that kind of stuff, I, I uh, you know, that's how the deprogramming started. So it was, you know, getting honest about my beliefs or my non-belief in a higher power was a big part of it. And then once mm-hmm. that slipped, it's like I, I, I just didn't really I, – I believed less and less in any of that stuff that was going on because so much of it was such woo-woo, you know. I just couldn't – I couldn't relate to what people were saying at meetings. It just became boring and more and more boring. And, you know, the last yeah. year and a half or so that I was going to meetings, I was maybe going once a month at that, and it was just dreadfully painful. It just – it hurt to go there. It just – you know, it just – yeah. So you step in the room and then it just felt like the air weighed a thousand pounds. And <laughs> you just couldn't wait to get yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really to yeah. that. I really, wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. well, I'm going to, it's really, I'm glad you called in. Thank you for calling in. I'll put yeah. you back on totally. uh, where you were. Stephen, um, just PM me and just get so I can see who you are. There's so many. Okay, Absolutely. thank you. Yeah. All right, good thank talking. you, Steve. Right. Yeah, good talking to you as well. Wow. That was really, really cool to hear. It's sad, but um, really powerful for me to hear that. All right, so here we have another person here in the queue. Oh, let me see. Hold on a second. I'm just trying to. Here we go. Oh, Hi, caller. Okay. There we go. Uh, hey, hey, this is uh, EJ Pickles from the Deprogramming Group. How are you, Monica? Hey, EJ. How are you? I am pretty good. Thanks for asking. Um, okay, so I, here we are now. Well, hold on. Let me get the timer going. you got your three minutes. You're sure. going to get a little more, too. Nobody in the queue. So <laughs> you're at a meeting. I'm having, I'm I, know a little, I know a little bit of uh, – while we're doing a mock A meeting for Xerfers, but um, I got to meet you the other night, so it's like nice to have met another person. Thank you again for coming to that, and it was great to see you. So you're, you, now it's your time. Go ahead and uh, let it rip. Okay. All right. Um, uh, I go by EJ Pickles in the group. Uh, I am through and through a crystal meth addict. 
I was brought to my knees um, in 2008. Um, I had a really bad run, uh, was in some pretty severe psychosis. Uh, I crashed through a window trying to um, escape from, you know, like all the stuff I was experiencing on drugs. And that was the final thing that finally got through my denial, like, like, oh, wow, you really, you really have a problem and it, it's going to kill you if you don't get some help, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I was like, I was like other people. I denied I had a problem. I said, I'm having fun. I blamed others for my problem. Some days I thought, you know, this, this ain't right. Maybe I need help. But, you know, it was, um, it was, uh, going through that window, um, that, that really, um, spoke to me. So, um, you know, one of the first stories that, uh, of course I connected with was, uh, a window of opportunity in the AA big book, <laughs> some, some drunk had also gone through a window and, uh, you know, it was a thoroughly crazy story too. And, um, you know, I, I could kind of connect with that early on. Um, I never, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a heroin addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not, you know, other than, you know, a stint with Klonopin in my early twenties, you know, I was just having a real bad run with one particular drug, but I, I tried to blend in at AA because that's what I had. And, uh, you know, I would, I would say I'm an alcoholic and, you know, cause you're not supposed to talk about drugs and, Mm-hmm. Um, you're supposed to leave it at the door. So I had to do that whole, okay, I'm going to identify as an alcoholic and we'll, we'll talk about the problem and the solution out of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I, I worked the steps out of the AA big book with a uh, sponsor. And uh, I was like, well, the steps are the steps, you know, it's all the same. And I, I didn't have hangups about God. Um, so I didn't see the, I didn't see the G word on the wall and go running out angry. I was like, Oh, okay, cool. You know, I believe in God. And um I'd actually read the orange papers and um, I knew about like the background with the Oxford groups and, and all of that. And I was like, well, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong with that? Right. What's wrong with living in God's will? What's wrong with first century Christianity? You know, um, you were like kind of a perfect setup for it. Yeah. You were, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I read, Mm -hmm. I read about the background. I'm like, okay, what's so bad about living in God's will? What's so bad about, you know, helping others. And, uh, for a minute, there was an evangelical stepper. Um, I would I would facilitate meetings in IOP at the Haymarket Center in Chicago. Um, I, I was and actually am currently the webmaster for the NA chat room. Um, and you know, I was really gung ho about it for uh, for a number of years. And um, I think I was kind of oblivious to like my problems relating to others. I did, I did not realize until some years in that. Uh, people would be like, "Hey, he's crazy. Stay away from him. You know, don't don't invite this guy. Oh no, you don't want to sponsor him. Like, oh, just let him do whatever." And I'm oblivious to this, but but as I'm befriending people, and you know, they kind of liked me, and they'd feel guilty and say, "Well, I just want to tell you, you know, that so and so said this, and you know, it's it just ended up being my experience with uh, more than one group." Um, there, there was something, there was something to that. It, it turns out I, I do have an illness and, um, I actually am on medication for it. Um, it was like, I got the relief that I needed from, from that, yeah, and, good. Um, uh-huh. from, yeah, from outside help, actually working with a therapist that came nine years in. So nine wow. years, every, every, nine years of me, like completely unmitigated, completely untreated, completely unmedicated. Well, and you know, people yeah. people were like WTF. Um, it was really only in that last year that somebody finally had the balls to come up to me and say, "Hey, I think 
you need some help and to go do this. And, you know, one, one person had the courage to approach me and make that suggestion when everybody else just wanted to kind of shun and turn their back on me because I was a little crazy, you know, mm-hmm. but you were sharing something, you were sharing something the other day about, um, you know, how if you were treating your progression, it wasn't a treating, your, treating your alcoholism. And if you're treating your alcoholism, it wasn't treating your depression. Um, I was, I was definitely the same story. So I'm, I'm doing my step thing, doing my, you know, program thing and uh, totally not getting uh, what I needed. And uh, it didn't matter. I just kept told I wasn't doing the steps right. And all I had to do was work those steps. And I didn't do this thoroughly enough. I didn't do that thoroughly enough as, as if somehow there was a way to work these steps that was actually going to address my mental illness and make me like presentable, acceptable, or somebody that right. they want to be friends with, right? <laughs> Hey, so the timer um, went off. I gave you two more minutes, but I'm going to give you. We're going to keep going, and I'm going to give you two more minutes. Now, I, I want to now because now we're kind of having a conversation. Um, I want to ask you. Well, let me just mention this. There's a guy called John Stewart, J O N, who's from the UK, who I've met, and he has a podcast, and he tells his story. He's got like a leaving AA site where he actually became OCD from AA. Like and he doesn't oh, wow. hate AA like the way I do, and you know it doesn't have the same problems with it. Although he thinks it should be made safer, but um, so uh, um, I want to ask you, uh, like where you're at now, have you left? Um, do you still dabble in AA? Like where are you at now with it? I occasionally attend meetings, and uh, I'm no BS about it. I'm like, I, I just don't like being alone. I have nothing better to do. I'm that crazy yeah. lady that comes in and fits and does her knitting, you know. <laughs> like, um, I, I, I don't, I do not pay lip service to anything I don't believe in. Yeah. Um, I do occasionally have a beer. I do occasionally have marijuana. Again, I'm a crystal meth yeah, addict. Yeah. I cannot, I cannot use crystal meth. Period. But you know, it's that's just where I'm well, at. Well, that makes that. sense. That makes sense. Let me ask you this though: Are you able to be honest, like, with people there? Or you just keep it like below the radar, and I don't have a problem with any of it. You know, I'm not being no, judgmental here. I, I just wanted, yeah, so I, if you could. I mentioned running the NA chat room, and you know, you're talking to people. They're in crisis, and they're on the internet, and they're looking for, for answers. And that's been hard because I'm sitting there watching like old timers who are antagonistical, condescending, bullying. Well, you know, like like yeah. So sitting there watching that uh, is a tough pill to swallow sometimes. Um, and Occasionally, you know, after I'm talking to somebody, they're like, well, well, great. How long have you been clean? I will not lie. Um, mm. And I'll tell them, like, I'm actually not clean by NA's definition, but I'm not, I'm not here to talk about um, my program, my way. You know, this, this site's here to talk about NA and NA's way, right? So I try, mm-hmm. try real hard. <laughs> but, you know, if you're going to ask me directly, yeah. I tell you. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to say about, about the problems, like, in the rooms and the groups and uh, victim blaming and all that is I, I see it magnified times a hundred on on these um, AA and NA chat rooms. And one of the things I learned uh, in treatment, I, I finally went uh, last year, um, was you know we're in stages of like pre-contemplation where we're not sure if we have a problem, we're blaming somebody else, we, we don't know, right? And then right. we have, okay, I have a problem, and then. We have to have the action stage for I'm going to do something about that problem. So I'm going to, for better or worse, I'm going to try to go to the meeting. I'm going to try to go to IOP. I'm going to try to do something. You have to – so the, the difference between the face-to-face rooms and the internet is somebody who shows up in that church basement has decided I may have a problem. I need to do something about it. 
I'm going to get my ass in a car and go, right? They've already done all of that before they're even right. – before right. you run in the minute meeting. And the internet, they just Googled for drug problem, you know, and hey, they don't know. So yeah. they haven't they haven't had the full gamut of, yes, I have a problem. Yes, I want to do something about the problem. Yes, I'm going to go to that meeting. So these old-timers sit there heckling, conjoling them, um, you know, well, oh, you just need to go to the meetings, and, you know, they're just they're just badgering and beating them up. Because well, maybe some of us should Google. go into yeah. those NA chat rooms. Maybe you should come <laughs> get some of us to go into those NA chat rooms. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but I mean, especially if they're bullying people in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, I think that's pretty horrible. That if I mean, you can't do it, but that's pretty nasty if they're that's what they're doing with their 30 well, years thing, or their 50. There's some people in the group that get a hard time because they have one foot in, one foot out, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. you still attend meetings. Why do, why do you do that? That's crazy. People, I'm like, don't ask me. But an example today, um, we have this old timer, very antagonistical, very condescending. I've already fired several mods for using newcomers as punching bags. Like, I stepped in and like, you got to go because that's not cool. Um, right, right. But this this one this one today, he's like, oh, he's like, you're you're hitting every note on the why I can't take responsibility for my problem, why I can't go to meetings, blues. And this mm. this person had just found us on Google like 30 minutes before. This guy's just furious that this guy's not like ready to come to a meeting. I'm like, wow. after talking to uh, you, I don't think I'd want to go to one of these meetings either. But I ended up, I ended up, the, the guy who was doing the antagonizing, the guy who was badgering the newcomer, um, I used the software to actually take away his voice so that he could no longer harass and antagonize the newcomer. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm sent him a message like, you need to chill out for an hour and leave this man alone. And um, so I am still in, and I still do stuff like that. All, in the NA groups, like, they let people abuse, antagonize, be condescending and all that, and nobody does anything about it. So to the extent that I'm involved, yes, I will speak in. I will stop it. Um, I, I won't let you uh, harass or antagonize that deserve if, I, if I'm watching. Right, right. Well, well, I want to thank you for calling in. I'm going to put you back on hold, and I want to give all the important things that you're doing, and you're helping people in a way in between stage. You know. Okay. So thanks again. I will. I'm sure I'll talk to you again. All right. See you out there in the um in the Facebook group. So I'll talk to you soon. All right. Here we go. Put them on hold. Uh, go. Let me see. There it goes. Okay. So uh, we have 17 minutes left. And um, I think there was really interesting conversation. So we had somebody who was long gone. Steve called us from Silicon Valley. Long, long gone. Issue with huge issues with God, uh, which I actually really, really, really get now. I mean, if, if there's anything that I'm really, really happy, I noticed I didn't say grateful. The very happy that I got was an understanding um, about people who are atheists and people who don't believe in God because I'm a person of faith. Uh, and I, I do have a faith and believe in God, but that um, they're really, it's really horrible. I remember once I was sponsoring this one girl and young woman, and she was like telling me, oh, I don't believe in God, and I was like, well, I don't know how to go forward with you, and I really didn't, but I didn't, I tried not to make her feel bad, but I just didn't know what to do with someone who didn't believe in God to work the steps with, and, you know, it's just a matter of years before I was on my way out of AA at that point, too. The other thing I find really interesting about what EJ just told us was that, um, no, he's sort of he's in between, but he's actually helping people who are in, in the in between. There is an in between, and we see this in when people are leaving AA. Sometimes when they come into um, some of the groups that I have, and I, that's why I made the leaving AA group because leaving AA is about leaving. It's not it doesn't it's not called I left. 
and I'm gone, it says leaving. So there's people at some point, like I was, in 2009 and 2010, where I went to Stinkin' Thinkin', and that was a big, huge uh, anti-AA blog. And I had to eventually leave there, and I created my own blog, Stop 13 Step in AA, which is not very active right now. And I created Leaving AA um, in 2000, um, fall of 2010. But the reason I'm bringing it up is sometimes people come in, and then the people who have been out, and, and very often it's actually people who were never really, really in AA, who were not really big-time steppers. They were either sent there or they, they were told to go there. And so they were in AA for just a shorter time. And but it's not about the time. It's about people's I, you know, belief whether they were really in it, like say I was really in it, I wanted to go there, I was like reading the book, to a person who was told to go there by a professional and then is sitting there kind of resenting it. So what you have is that people are in diff- very different places. And, and I think that when people are leaving, as well as when people are coming in, that um, you know, people need to be a little more tolerant and not so you know, like black and white. Right? We don't want the black and white. So I created, and I'm comparing this with my deprogramming group, where people are in there. And if you're not in there to deprogram, you don't really belong in there. Like we, that's not a place to debate really whether A is good or not. Like you know, although sometimes somebody coming in and getting in um, it creates blogging where people then are able to have a discussion. And blogging and, and discussing it in a writing form is a really good form of deprogramming. But if somebody is in there and trying to convince anybody of the good or this and that, it's not a, it doesn't it doesn't belong there. Uh, you know that's why I created even this other website. That, I mean not website, but I created another group, pro AA and anti AA. But nobody really goes in there, right? Um, that people, uh, if they are, are need help leaving, then they need a softer uh, approach. Just like I think that um, EJ uh, Pickles was just telling us. And that's his screen name, uh, his real name. But he is sort of uh, the, in the in-between um, and, and uses it. But, uh, wow, that's really sad, though, what they're doing in that, um, in that chat room. All righty, so we have a little bit of time. Uh, the, the number to call in is 818-475-9211. Uh, thank you, both of you guys, for calling in. Uh, I'm, now we're going to take a little break, and we're going to do um, – I'm going to talk about – because this is still red. This was read at late night, which would be nice. I'll tell you what, I, it would be great at late night if they didn't read any of the literature anymore. Um, but that's not happening right now, but maybe it will happen. So I want to talk about the lies in the 12 traditions. Okay, so here was the first one. Uh, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. So right away, uh, our is being used, and what I what I did learn is the use of our and us is a way of, of brainwashing, where the group is more important than the individual. The group is never more important than the individual. I mean, unless you're in a uh, uh, what do you call it, a special unit, you know, like you're you're in you're in a special ops unit as a group of like five guys or six people, and you're going in. The group is really important. Right, like that's really different, and there's probably never going to be another time like that. Our common welfare should come first. No, 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 no. It should not be before an individual. Personal recovery. Depends. This is such a fucking weird line. I mean, when I first, when my brain opened up, and those rose-colored glasses were coming off, I was, you know, I remained in AA for another year or maybe two after I saw this. Personal recovery depends upon AA's unity. That is horseshit. That's time for the word. I should have like a bell now every time I... Maybe I should get the, the sound of a horse, you know. It goes, nay. Okay, so uh, personal recovery depends on unity. 
No, it does not. Plenty of people, they stop or they moderate or they reduce their harm and they get better without the unity of fucking Alcoholics Anonymous. It says, without unity, AA dies. Ah, Well, maybe that would be a good thing. Individual liberty, yet great unity, key to paradox. Each AA's life depends on obedience. Oh, my God. This is awesome more horseshit here. Listen to this. Life depends on obedience to spiritual principles. Why don't you tell your fucking rapists and your sexual predators and your financial predators that their AA life depends on obedience to spiritual principles and that they're not acting on spiritual principles. Okay. The group must survive or the individual... Oh, my God. There's such fucking... I mean, this, first of all, you know, this was written in the 50s. I think it's the early 50s. The group must survive or the individual will not. Uh, I don't think so either because we've had plenty of groups die and uh, AA went on. You know, people, individual, the life existed. Very extreme, extreme language here. Common welfare comes first. Common, not you. Individual welfare is not important. How best to live and work together in groups. Yeah, whatever. Okay, tradition two. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think God is working through those groups, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Well, that doesn't happen in most of the groups, because when they wanted to vote on court ordering that they would allow people to come, if, like, here's an example. Say there's, like, um, 1,600 meetings, I forget how many there is in Los Angeles area, but that only 30 have a GSR, a general service rep, and only 30 out of 1,600 of those meetings actually come to the area meeting monthly, right? So then you're only hearing the voice of 30 groups, not 1,600. So the voice is not heard, right? No, it's not. So there's not. Um, all right, for a group purposes, one but ultimate authority, a loving God, la, la, la. And the group conscience, that's what I was talking about. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern the leaders. Oh, so you have leaders. All the time you hear, there's not, there are no leaders in AA. There's no leaders. Yeah, yeah, right here. On page 10, it says, our leaders, they're trusted servants. So they should have listened to us when we told them what they should be doing, right? But they didn't do that. Where does AA get its direction? The sole authority in AA is loving God. Is he, okay, okay, we're just, I can't even like, I can't even read on that one. Let's move on. Tradition three. The only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Hmm. Um, well, we already went through that, that that's not true because people are forced there. So that's a breaking of that tradition. Um, each group should be autonomous, accepting matters ex- affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Every group manages its affairs as it pleases, except when AA as a whole is threatened. Um, so much. Con- let me read this. The group, like the individual, must eventually conform to principles that guarantee survival. Oh, my God. These people. <laughs> they need a cognitive behavioral book. Get off their extreme, extreme language. Every group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Okay. Um, tradition six, NA group would never endorse finance or lend the AA name to any. Oh, my God. This one is really, really horseshit. An AA group would never endorse finance or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. 
So every rehab that says it in their thing that this is 12-step based. And, you know, and the reason they said 12-step is it was like, we're not really saying AA. We're not, like, promoting AA. You know, this is like, we're promoting 12-step. It's like, what the fuck? You people are such asses. They're just such whatever. If you are, that's what you're promoting is alcohol. Some places, that's all you get. I know a woman who said the IOP, that's all it was, is AA. And the sober living was just AA. And the so was the rehab, just AA. So their name is on the outside of Spanish-speaking rehab, sober living, and meetings. Every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. I'm going to just keep going because we don't have a lot of time. Anybody else want to call in? We have um, 7 minutes and 25 seconds. 818-475-9211. 818-475-9211. Uh, hold on one second. One second, one second. Let me see here. Something something went awry on my little thing. Um, all right. We're going to do the last part. Hold on. I went to 6-7. The whole thing about self-supporting. You know, they talk about placing the responsibility of supporting AA headquarters directly upon AA members. Maybe we better read this. Okay, this is kind of important. Uh, No AA tradition had the labor pains this one did. Collective poverty initially a matter of necessity, fear of exploitation, necessity of separating the spiritual from the material, decision to subsist on AA voluntary contributions only, placing the responsibility of supporting AA headquarters directly upon AA members, Bare running expenses plus a prudent reserve is headquarters policy. No, it's not. They have at least $28 million in the bank. That's more than their prudent reserve. So let's just get that straight um, with their AA AA horseshit and their AA freaking lies. Um, They make $350,000 a year. The general service manager, they don't even work for full 40 hours from my understanding. And that the money that comes in is not from all the, the dimes, the nickels, quarters, and dollars uh, that people put in. It's from selling their literature. Their literature sales to non-AA members is how they get the um, more than 50% of their money. I was told when I was in AA, when I was a general service rep by AA people that were in the general service community. So I, I learned that while I was in AA. I was, found that shocking. Tradition 8, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional. Hmm. Let's see, what part of that smells like a rat? But our service centers may employ special workers. What kind of special workers are you employing, Alcoholics Anonymous? So so it became a professional career in the 80s, 1980. I would say that there was... I don't, I don't know. There was some kind of law that became like the practice that a lot of people, including my sponsor and her husband, a lot of people I knew. I mean, I even worked in a treatment center for, I don't think it was six months. Maybe it was, but it was awful. I hated it. I worked just like the sleepover person, and then they made me, and I was 24 years old and six years sober. I know plenty of people in Hawaii did it. Some people had no degrees. They had nothing but that they were sober. And they were sober time, and then they were good sober members, so they worked in treatment centers. And then people went back and got their degrees, and then they went back and got more degrees. And it became a really big business, and that started way back then, and that's a really long time ago. 
Uh, Tradition 9A as such are never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. The General Service Board Conference and the Board of Trustees and the Group Committee cannot issue directives to AA members or groups. AAs can't be dictated to individually or collectively. Absence or of coercion works because unless each AA follows suggested steps to recovery, he signs his own death warrant. What the fuck? They just combined how they run a multi-million dollar nonprofit in New York that you will you will sign your own death warrant because you have to follow your suggested steps to recovery. Um, let's see. The same condition applies to the group suffering in love or AIDS disciplinarians. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I got three minutes left. I better hurry up. Um, so what I want to just say to that, if you're listening, a 501c3, 50, yeah, it is, um, it's a board. So the board is responsible for its members, and someday somebody will sue. And if you're working for Alcoholics Anonymous, even as um, in a volunteer stage, if somebody sexually harasses you, you are now in a workplace of a nonprofit, and you should go ahead and, and have that lawsuit. I can't wait till somebody does this. Tradition 10, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Uh, yeah, it has. It has told people for years uh, what kind of medication to take or not take. And um, let's see, uh, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. No, it's not. Uh, people are pushed, shoved, and told to go. They're high-level professionals in America, and that's been going on since the 1970s, which means it's been going on for 45 fucking years, which is really, really, really sad. And that's something I really want to change is this court ordering and the sending of nurses and doctors and pilots and any professional. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all traditions. They're reminding us to place principles before personalities. Well, if you went to a Pacific group meeting in Salt Clancy, you would know that that's also absolute horseshit. Okay, I want to thank you all for uh, joining me tonight. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Kevin. I see you there listening on your phone. Uh, thank you, EJ, for um, calling in. And uh, we did not have the flurry of callers. Maybe if I would have done it when I said I was going to do it, there were many people who said they were going to call in and, and give us their little mock uh, mock shares, right? But um, either way, I feel that both of you guys uh, really contributed a lot uh, to the podcast tonight and that I will be doing many more. Again, um, I am Monica Richardson. And if you need help deprogramming, you can find us on Facebook, Deprogramming from Alcoholics Anonymous or any 12-step program, as well as the Leaving AA group. And uh, I will see you next week. And again, remember that if you've watched the film and you like it, please go on to Amazon and and Vimeo and um, please write a review. And I will see you all next time, the same bat channel, same bat time. And uh, have a great night, and great having you all with me on this ride of uh, anti-AA. Bye-bye. <laughs>